You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And today we are here with Mitch Bean and Rachel Curtis of the Brownville Village Theater. They are creative directors both, or artistic directors both, I guess I should say. Welcome, both of you, to the podcast, to our little podcast here. Yes, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you. Well, we were just so excited to see that you were doing a Christmas show that I had to call you and wanted to chat with you about what you're doing. So, yeah. so you're doing the Sanders Family Christmas and it opens this Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday, yes. December 3rd. That is correct. Do you want to tell us what it's what it's about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Sanders Family Christmas is a musical um it is uh, sort of in a gospel bluegrass style um Uh. almost more of a review it is about this uh family um who are coming to perform at this church the mount pleasant baptist church and it's december 24th 1941 so pearl harbor just happened oh yes um and their son is preparing to go off to war. So it's the last time they're all going to get to sing together for a while. Um, they're a traveling bluegrass family, I should say. And um, along with the pastor, Mervyn Oglethorpe, they uh, uh, do a lot of storytelling and um, just singing uh, these different uh, bluegrass renditions of Christmas carols and also of um, sort of original Christmas bluegrass music yeah. and gospel. And obviously there's a religious tone to the whole show, but it's very much, what do I want to say, sort of this nostalgic Christmas story about this family and at an important time in their life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is North Carolina, so it's it's truly kind of Southern Bluegrass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the heart of bluegrass country there. This, of course, is a sort of a, a sequel. We were talking earlier. You guys have done the the Smoke on the Mountain show, which this is a direct sequel to. And then I guess you guys, there's there's three of these. And you said you you skipped ahead and you, you've done the third one. So you've done the first one and you've done the third one. So now Christmas time. We needed to complete the series. Yes, so. you complete the circle. And it's always been um, our one of our audience's like favorite shows. They still talk about it to this day, uh-huh. um, The Smoke on the Mountains. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if the, some of them, I'm sure they don't. A lot of them don't realize that there is a Christmas one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, this show is going to be perfect oh, for yeah. for us this, um, this December. We've always wanted to do it. But doing Christmas all summer just seemed a little out of place yeah. for us. So uh, we just thought it was the perfect time to do a show that everyone's just going to fall in love with and um, something that we wanted to do. And so we're excited to do it and we're excited for the audience to see it. So so it might seem like it's just music, but there really is a story and and Mm -hmm. um, and a script behind it. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, continuing characters from uh, from the first one to the second one, one, I guess you guys were saying. So, yes, Yes. if you have seen the other ones. These characters are back. And they're, yep, they're all back. And this really goes with your genre, too, because really Brownville is kind of, 
it, it's theater, but it's also you also do music. It's but it's kind of a country feel. Yeah. Yes, it definitely fits into. I mean, just the poster itself is actually just a picture of the theater at Christmas time because uh, we are the theater is a converted church, yes. and so we don't have to do a whole lot to sort of sell the location and the setting, um, especially at this time of year. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the theater is painted white and red, so it already looks like Christmas <laughs> um, in general. <laughs> So, but it's it's really it's really fun. It fits with the whole theme of Brownville. Brownville's Christmas like celebration that they have is called Old Time Christmas. So, oh. um, I feel like the show really fits in with the whole town of village. It's a village of Brownville. Yeah, it sounds like something everybody really needs right now too. So, yeah, that's grass Christmas sounds great. Our to motivation, me. really. Yeah, is. get back to it. So. So you have a little bit going on in the winter time, and then you start back up in the spring. Yep, we start um, like early March. We always do a like a children's workshop mm -hmm. for a weekend. Um, something that we've started since we've taken over. Um, so this year will be our fourth. Twenty twenty-one. Oh, it'll be our fifth. Our fifth. Number oh, five. fifth. All right, number five. Wonderful. We actually we we actually have never skipped the workshop so far because it was the last thing we did before the pandemic. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. because you do it in March, so yeah, you guys got it in right under the gun. We, yep, we did. Was, and then last year yeah. we, um, you know, we had some restrictions and everything with it, but we were still able to hold it, and it went really well. And we're excited nice. to get back to that. And it's it's been so fun for us to this new endeavor um, that we really didn't plan on doing. Um, but we we knew we needed to do something new here and it's been so fun for us to work with kids and especially kids that don't you know don't have resource uh, the resources to go to omaha or lincoln to do the children's workshops there yeah. and so it, it's it's really just great to teach them about theater and see them grow and yeah. it's this year since it is number five our second graders from the first year are now going to be in the older class this year and our younger class is going to be i'm sure it will grow but um it's um, our younger class is going to be the smaller class this year, and the older class is going to be the bigger class, which has never happened. Oh, um, okay. It's really exciting. So we kind us. of feel like we're been kind of growing up with this same core group of a little over ten kids in each class. So, I mean, less than twenty kids, but that are very devoted to this and look forward to it. And it's just it's been something that. Obviously, a lot of theaters struggle with their audiences getting older and where we are at, particularly in Nebraska, it certainly is the case. And to try to widen our audience and also just give back to the community of this part of Nebraska, if rural uh, southeastern Nebraska is, um, it's a joy. I just love the fact that some of the small towns do theater. So once we do um, the what we call the Young Performers Workshop, um, we will be in uh, full swing of preparation for our summer repertory season, which is um, going into its 55th, 55th. season. Yes. Wow. I know that. Wow. <laughs> 55th season. And that's a tradition that I say it is a tradition, but it is so steeped in tradition. We cast actors from young actors primarily from a college theater festival and 
they are from all over the Midwest and sometimes further than that, sometimes all over the U.S. and bring them to the tiny village of Brownville and they all live together and we all put up five shows as a company of actors who also do tech and do, I mean, we do everything. Wow. And I've heard so much about it and I know we kind of refer to it as boot camp, but it's, it's really an intensive course. It's almost like, since you're in a church, it's almost like church of theater, actually. Super intense. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. It does and, sound wonderful. And what a fantastic education for uh, for young actors yeah. to be able to participate and not just, oh, go be an actor in a production, but all the aspects of the production everybody is helping on. I think that is mm-hmm. invaluable. I think it is too. And it informs everything you do. The more you know, yeah, yeah the better you are. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It makes yeah. you a better actor to understand mm-hmm. the different elements of tech and over our time here, I've also been surprised at how many actors have enjoyed an area of tech so much that they have went on to pursue that instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they enjoyed it and found their love of it while doing it here. So how did you both get started in theater? I know I know you're you're young and you're just starting out still probably in your career. <laughs> <laughs> but but how did you get started? I grew up up outside of Wichita, Kansas, and I went to larger school, like essentially in the Wichita suburbs. And I had always been extremely interested in theater and just in performing in general. Anything even remotely related to performance, I had always been deeply interested in and, you know, writing scripts for my siblings and things like that. Just all that (laughs) cliche stuff that you hear from people and and so I started doing it in middle school and there was actually a decent drama program at the high school I went to and then yeah I graduated from Wichita State with my bachelor's in theater performance oh, wow. so. excellent and then we both actually I don't mean to hijack this part of the story but it's, <laughs> but there's a, it's kind of the same for both of us at, after I graduated we both moved to Chicago together and we did some theater there and we certainly pursued theater there as well and yeah living the dream (laughs) and for me I mean it was kind of the same I I was mainly involved in like music stuff in high school and then I got into like speech and and in that and they I feel like my friends just needed somebody in the one of their one act plays or something and so i did that and i i really liked it and i i didn't we didn't we only did like one play a year in high school so i wasn't like heavily involved in theater in high school but i had done other you know performance then i went to college and i was going to be a music ed major and I was doing theater in in college more because there was more shows. And uh, I just decided that I really wanted to pursue that. And mainly acting was what I wanted to do. But I was so far into my music studies that I I decided to keep that. So my degree is in vocal performance and theater. And, And so, yeah, I mean... I did that and came to Brownville in 2012 after college and went to Chicago for a while and then I came back to Brownville and now we're still here. (laughs) So you didn't grow up in Brownville? Nope. 
I'm from Southeast Iowa. Iowa, okay. Um, okay. And you met at- here at oh, Brownville. You met, oh, you met at Brownville. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. we met in 2012 hey. here. Oh. We were both first-time company members. Oh, yeah. and then you said, "Hey, let's get together and go to Chicago." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we had separately before we knew each other decided we were going to move to Chicago, yeah. and then uh, we started dating after our first summer, and then we decided that it would be easier if we could just move to Chicago together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, we had this opportunity to take over as artistic directors um, in 2018, so we decided to move to Omaha and and pursue BVT. Wow, back to where you guys met each other and had so many great memories of that. Yeah. That's really neat. So so have you guys um, gotten married yet? Or are you, are you yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. married? Okay. Yeah, we are married. I almost yeah, didn't we ask, married. I didn't want to be too intrusive. But oh, no, no, no. no, it's not intrusive I, I guess we should have okay. said that part of our story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we got married in 2018 here at the theater. Oh. And uh, so you know, we cool. had a, a whole bunch of alumni come to our wedding, and we actually have a picture oh. of everybody on the front steps, and it's oh, cool. it's great. And now we have it. The theater is lined with everybody's headshot that's ever yeah. been a company member. Oh, oh wow! And there's also just like very like special pictures that are up on on the wall, and so we've added our wedding photo with oh. all the alumni. Because it's part of the story. Because <laughs> it's part of the story. Yeah. Yes whether it you call it coincidence or fate or whatever, the original artistic directors, the legendary Henry and Phyllis Blanke, who ran it for as artistic director. Well, he was the artistic director for 30 years, but she ran it right alongside him and they were a married couple. And it, I think it has to be a love story at, at BBP because, because it's, such a what do you want to say like a little engine that could type of situation right. yeah. it's faced floods and i mean yeah everything that you could think really that that's been thrown at a theater this the the brownville village theater has certainly went through its trials i guess i should say sure. so if you don't love it <laughs> yeah, exactly. i don't know how you can do it exactly <laughs> It's, it's like true. another marriage. Well, you need each other. It sounds like there's so much to do there that you really need each other, and you need two people who can work together so closely that they complement each other. So it makes sense that it's that you guys are together in real life, yeah. too. I wanted to make sure we mentioned, because uh, for the holidays, not only are you guys doing... Yes, uh, I, know, I know where you're going. The, ...the show there, but you guys mm-hmm. have put together, and specifically, Rachel, you have adapted Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol... And you yeah. guys have done a radio theater production of this, which I think is just marvelous. It's it's a great it's a great adaptation. I I we were both really floored when we listened to them. Yep, and you can listen to that off of their website. And you have plans to do other things like that, possibly in the future as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we'd like to revisit it certainly, yeah. and whether we go back to the radio, the live radio theater here at the theater. We certainly found a love of doing the recorded audio theater and Mm -hmm. putting BBT's name on it. It was something that we had a lot of fun doing and it's fun to listen to now. It's captured. And and it's fun for us, I think, to dabble in different kinds of theater. So Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the things that I enjoyed from it was, you know, uh, doing something that we don't always do and, yeah. You know, we had to figure out how to edit this all together. Yeah, and yeah. So it it provided us some challenges and um, it was fun. Yeah, voice work and creating a kind of a dramatic 
or whatever presentation of a, of something is is a lot of fun. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. Yes, it is. And uh, I can see how you would get uh, uh, very addicted to keep doing that that kind of stuff because uh, it is a ton of fun. Voice works a ton of fun. But but you normally have shows where it's a it's a live radio show, right? Yeah. During so um, I mean that's what we had started to do. COVID obviously threw everybody off track, and it mm-hmm. certainly uh, threw us off track. But we had done two Christmas. Uh, well, the original one was the Joe Landry version of It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play, right. which inspired me to adapt A Christmas Carol um, as a live radio play. And and that led to me after, or during COVID rather, to write Frankenstein, um, to adapt Frankenstein, yeah. Mary Shelley. Frankenstein, and then to further fix the adaptation of A Christmas Carol so that it would work in the actual just audio mm-hmm. um, okay. format. Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a different way to do it. So so what's the biggest thing that you've learned? What's the best way to approach something that you want to do an adaptation of? What is what is the process? Do you, do you have to... Uh, like what a great question. I think... <laughs> I wish that it was more of a inspiration thing that it came from just like something that I wanted to do and not rather the fact that we are like, what can we do? Um, (laughs) And I I think so much of, of the things that I have written or that we have done here at the theater outside of the traditional summer season has been, what can we do? And, uh, but I guess we start at that point and then I just, I don't know. I, I don't know where I get the confidence to believe that I could do it, but I just uh, read it and think, well, this, if I could see it in my mind, this is what I think should happen. And these are the important parts. Christmas Carol was much easier to adapt than Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because it's so long. (laughs) It's so long. And, but the short story was much easier. And also because there's so many, different forms of A Christmas Carol in, there's, you know, movies, and I've seen it oh, performed, yeah. the play so many times, yeah. that you you know instinctively what are the most, the parts that you have to put in. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. the iconic lines that if they weren't in there, I would be listening and saying, hey, they forgot, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting to hear this line or whatever. But also things that we found with like Frankenstein was because Universal Studios made a movie. I don't Mm -hmm. remember the year, but they have copyrighted Frankenstein's monster as like being green and um, having all these things. So we we had to be careful about like what we legally could like take from, you know, because everybody has this like preconceived notion of what it looks like what Frankenstein's monster looks like but um in but the original story it never says anything about him being green no so it does not had to, I don't know there was just things that we had we found that we had to be careful I bet yeah. you did yeah I know Universal has has those classic monsters locked down pretty hard um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah hmm. for sure but I, I I adore the original Frankenstein story I was so surprised when I read it 
for the first time that Frankenstein speaks and 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 is a you know is like a real is yeah. not just like a grunting monster. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. I was absolutely fascinated. I, I I adore that book. So yeah, no, excellent job on the adaptation yeah. for sure. Yeah, we were really impressed. So so many things that you guys are doing now down there. Thank you so much for talking to us and letting us talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we for sure. That. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.